Welcome to Interwork with Marianne Walker, certified life coach for the helpers, healers, and anyone who wants to up-level their life. Life is what you make it, and here we make life pretty great. Come on in. So hi there, and welcome back. I know that you guys have really been along for the ride, and last week I told you all about going viral on TikTok. Well, I thought I'd give you guys an update. I have now officially gone viral on Instagram. What? <laughs> so the only downside to this going viral on Instagram, though, is that it was on somebody else's profile. <laughs> so I am recording this on Sunday morning. And oh my goodness, let me tell you about my weekend. So shortly after waking up Saturday morning, I started to get messages from friends that I haven't talked to or seen in years. And they were saying, oh my goodness, is this you? Oh, this is being shared all over the place. Oh, I have, my friend just shared this. And not only was I getting messages, but my husband was also getting text messages from friends and coworkers saying, oh my goodness, is this your wife? Or does she have a lookalike? And somebody else saying, oh, my, my cousin just sent us this. And it's just so crazy. So I'm getting all these people saying, oh my goodness, I'm seeing you, I'm seeing you. And then I look at the link and it was me, but it was also me being duetted with somebody else and it was being shared from somebody else's profile. <laughs> so this gal had made a duet with me on TikTok and it is super adorable. It's a clip of her and her son watching my viral video. And when she made it, I commented on it about the cuteness of it and how much I loved that she was teaching um, all of this mindset stuff to her kid at such a young age. And so we engaged, right, on TikTok. And then, of course, she wanted to share on her other platforms because we all like to do that, right? So she was sharing the love and posted it on um, her Instagram. And she only had about 250 followers at the time. And, oh, my gosh, this thing took off. <laughs> so when the clip was brought to my attention, I had 47,000 in views on my original Instagram post, right? And she had 138,000. So nearly three times as many views, which was crazy. And considering her audience, you know, this was like pretty shocking that there was such a big difference. And what was really crazy was by the time I went to bed Saturday night, she jumped from that 138,000 to 1.9 million views. What? How crazy is that? And as of the time of this recording, she is now at 2.5 million views. So I think it is very safe to say that neither one of us saw this coming. <laughs> so I am tagged in her duet, and so people can find me that way. And I am so glad that she shared, but it really seriously cracked me up, especially because I had just shared with you here on the podcast that I have no idea how all of these algorithms work. I have no idea what's going to take off and where. And it was really hilarious to me that this duet was proving to gain more traction than my original. It was totally busting me up. And it was also really funny to observe my brain throughout all of this. So, I mean, let's be honest. Okay. Of course, I was wishing that my original video would have been the one to go viral and so that I could, you know, receive more followers. And also, maybe this is exactly how it was supposed to work out. I have no idea how these algorithms work, but maybe since my page is a business page, maybe the algorithms were stacked against me because they want me to pay for ads. I have no idea. So I'm totally not mad. In fact, I am super happy that I can now claim to have gone viral on more than one platform. I just wish it was on my own page. <laughs> <laughs> and also, I'm pretty sure everything will all even out. The people that are meant to find me, they will find me. The people that resonate with me, they will seek me out. And it's all going to work out as it should. And let's be real here. If it weren't for her, there would be 2.5 million people in this world that still didn't know my face. 
And so, you know, who knows, maybe one day I'll even have her on the podcast as the one person who made me Instagram famous in a totally unlikely and unexpected way. <laughs> okay, so now on with the show. So today I wanted to talk to you about this absolutely shocking study. So the University of Virginia, they did a study to see how easy or difficult it is for people to sit alone with their thoughts. I'm going to be posting a link in the comments. Um, it's going to take you to science.org where they have an article titled The Challenge of the Disengaged Mind. So what they said was there was um, they were conducting this study with Timothy Wilson, and he was a social psychologist at the University of Virginia in Charlottesville. And they recruited hundreds of undergraduate students and volunteers and community members to take part in what they called thinking periods. And so these individuals, they were placed in like sparsely furnished rooms, and they were asked to put away their belongings, like their cell phones and their pens. So there's no distractions. And then they were given one of two tests that lasted only between six and 15 minutes. Now keep in mind, this is just six to 15 minutes. This is the craziest study. So they divided them up and some of them were told to just think about whatever they wanted to think about. And then the other group, then they were encouraged to choose from several prompts, like going out to eat or playing a sport, or they would plan out, you know, ahead of time, kind of what they wanted to be thinking about during this period. So afterwards, then the team asked the volunteers to rate their experience on a nine-point scale, where the higher the number, the more enjoyable their time was. And in both the free thinking and the planned prompt scenarios, about 50% of the people did not like their experience. They didn't like being left alone with their thoughts. And they reported their enjoyment level being at or below the midpoint on the scale. So yeah, so all the participants are basically saying, yeah, that was like super boring. It was super boring. I really didn't like it. <laughs> so to see if a change in scenario would help, then the team let the participants do the studies in their own homes. But even in their own homes, it was with very similar results. And so overall, the subject said, they, yeah, they enjoy activities like reading and listening to music about twice as much as just sitting and thinking. They enjoyed having their mind busy and receiving new input. So the researchers then decided to take the experiment up to the next level. So for 15 minutes, the team left participants alone in a lab room where they could have the opportunity, if they wanted to, to push a button and shock themselves. <laughs> and the results were shocking, let's say. So even though all of the participants had previously said that, yeah, I would pay money to avoid being shocked with electricity, when they were left alone within this room with only their thoughts to entertain them, 67% of men and 25% of women chose to shock themselves rather than just sit there quietly and think, what? <laughs> and the super crazy thing is that this study, it was actually repeated by the University of California and they had similar results. So, oh my goodness, really? Like why would people ever choose electric shock over being left alone with their thoughts? Like, is it really that bad? And I encourage you, just spend 15 minutes today sitting with just your own thoughts and see what comes up for you. Maybe you would be one of these people. So the average person has over 6,000 thoughts in a day. And depending on the thoughts that you've practiced throughout your lifetime, these thoughts will probably be skewed in either the positive or the negative direction. So if you're somebody who has been essentially practicing negative thought, and this might be in the form of self-criticism or judging yourself or judging others, or maybe rumination, if you've been practicing these things for your entire life, you might be one of these 25 to 67% of people that would rather experience electric shock than being alone with your thoughts. Okay, so let's just assume for a moment that this is you, that you do tend to be skewed towards the negative. And I mean, this does happen, right? Maybe it's not every day. Maybe it's just some days. 
For example, I know for me, when I'm feeling particularly tired or burned out, or if I'm sick, then I just get a little bit end of the worldy, right? <laughs> so, and I know that I'm not alone in that. So oftentimes there's these other things going on where maybe overall we're a generally optimistic person, but every now and then we may fall into this category where we would prefer the shock treatment than being alone with our thoughts. So when we're feeling this way, when we're sick or burned out or whatever it is, when we're feeling this way, then it may require a bit more mental energy to stay positive and to think clearly. It just does. And when this happens, our prefrontal cortex, it tends to take a back seat. And that makes it harder for us to think clearly and stay positive. It makes it harder for us to be logical. And so then our guard is down and our brains start to take the path of least resistance. And then more than likely, we're going to end up back in the same old mental rut that we've been working really hard to get out of. And I've said it before on this podcast, and I will say it again. If our minds are left unattended, they will run amok. Our brains are really pretty lazy. Our brains want to take the path of least resistance. And oftentimes, this means the downhill slope towards negativity. It's just what our brain wants to do. And sometimes we actually enjoy taking the path of least resistance because it makes everything everybody else's problem. <laughs> we don't have to change anything. We can sit in our victimhood and make it everybody else's fault. And like all of the stars are aligning against us and I don't have to do anything. It's just my bad luck. And so we oftentimes slip into this victim role. And if you want to learn more about the victim role, please go and listen to episode 20 on the drama triangle, uh, because we all kind of like to visit this victim role from time to time. But we can retrain our brain and strengthen new neural pathways to minimize this negativity and hopefully get to a place where not only is being alone with our thoughts more preferable than electric shock, but maybe we actually even enjoy being alone with our thoughts. So today I'm going to share with you three very simple tricks that you can do to get your mind back on track and make it easier to unplug and disengage from the world and just enjoy your own company. Are you ready? All right, let's go. All right, number one, notice and become curious about your bodily sensations. Get into your body. So often we keep our minds so busy with scrolling and consuming that we really lose our connection with our body. Focusing on just one body part at a time and noticing the sensations that come up around that body part can be very powerful. So for example, did you know that your fingertips are buzzing? Now that I've said it, you can feel it now, can't you? <laughs> I'm guessing that you can feel it, but you probably didn't even notice that your fingertips were buzzing until I said something. Am I right? So now I want you to just notice that buzzing and see if you can turn up and turn down the buzzing with your mind. Maybe it's almost like the buzzing is inhaling and exhaling. In fact, maybe you even want to set the intention that as you inhale, the buzzing goes up. And as you exhale, the buzzing goes down. Isn't that a wild sensation? Okay, let's try another one. Um, I want you to focus on your nostrils. What does the air feel like in your nostrils? Does it feel warm? Does it feel cool? Can you feel the hairs inside? <laughs> and does bringing your attention to the air going in and out of your nose, does it change how you're breathing at all? Like, just kind of notice it. Okay, and now one more. Now I want you to just notice wherever it is that your body is making contact with something else. So maybe you're sitting in a chair or laying on a bed or maybe you're even standing up right now. I want you to just notice the weight of your body on this connecting point. And now I want you to imagine that your weight is being doubled. And just notice how that feels. 
Okay, now I want you to imagine that now your weight is significantly lightening. In fact, it's so light, you're starting to float. So how does that thought change the sensations in the touching points of your body? Isn't it a fun little exercise? Then you can do this exercise anytime and anywhere. And now that you know that you can do this with every single body part, you will never be bored again. You're welcome. <laughs> but really, I think that as you do this little mindfulness practice, you'll begin to notice that your over-desire for external stimulation, it will slowly decrease over time and eventually loosen its hold on you. All right, number two, become a curious observer of the emotions in your body. So oftentimes when emotion becomes stuck or if it's challenged to work through mentally, it can be very helpful to just become curious about what these emotions feel like in our body. So right now, just take a moment and see if you can identify an emotion that you're currently experiencing. What's its name? <laughs> what does it feel like in your body? Where does it sit? Is it hard or is it soft? How much does it weigh? And if you're unable to identify an emotion right now, I mean, that happens right now. You're currently consuming a podcast, so maybe it's a bit more challenging, and that's totally fine. Let's do a mini practice together. Sometimes practicing feeling an emotion, even if it's not one that's currently on our radar, then it can help us to better recognize it when it does show up. So today, let's play around with the emotion of jealousy. <laughs> we just had St. Patrick's Day, and for some reason, green is on my mind, and green with envy, jealousy, it works. <laughs> so I've worked with several people lately who have experienced this, the emotion of jealousy in one form or another recently. So it might be showing up by the way of FOMO, envy, spite, or just overall feeling left out. But these are all basically variations of the emotion of jealousy. So think for a moment, how does jealousy show up for you? What does it feel like in your body? Kind of tune inward right now. So for me, jealousy, it feels very similar to anxiety. It shows up in my chest and it can feel almost like a buzzing. And sometimes I notice it even kind of buzzes and bounces between my head and my chest, almost like it's a battle between my head and my heart, trying to decide which one is right and how I should or shouldn't be feeling. And sometimes it can even feel kind of hot and it's heavy like a stone. So yeah, for me, jealousy, it feels like a hot, buzzing, bouncing stone. <laughs> so once you've identified the emotion and how it feels in your body, then you can slide into curiosity. You can start asking questions like, okay, why is it here? What is it here to teach me? What is this emotion calling me to do? what things are in my control to do, and what things are out of my control. So for example, you might say, oh, jealousy is here because I wasn't invited to that lunch with my friends. I can see online that they all got together for lunch, and I wasn't invited, and I'm feeling jealous and left out. So yeah, I can kind of see that it makes sense that I would be feeling jealousy right now. And then as you get more curious, you might even think, oh, Okay, well, I think that jealousy might be here to teach me that I'm currently feeling disconnected from others, or it might also be teaching me that I need something to look forward to. And then you can take a moment to look at the things that are in your control and out of your control, right? So I can see that it's out of my control to change the past. I can't go back in time and attend that lunch, but I can be proactive 
about setting up a lunch date for myself for the future. And I can even choose who I want to invite. I could choose where I want to go and eat. I can be proactive about setting that up. And that will fulfill both of those needs, both the need for connection and having something to look forward to. So just notice how simply becoming aware of the emotion can shift our consciousness into something that's more supportive. And this is done not through pretending that the negative emotions aren't there, but by allowing space for these emotions to be felt fully and then allowing ourselves to get curious about what it is that they have to teach us. All right, number three, if you're struggling to get into your body and you notice that your mind is really kind of running amok, like get curious about it rather than judgmental. Curiosity is amazing at shaking us out of a funk. Not only does curiosity help us to separate ourselves from the negative thought, but it helps us to become more curious and compassionate observers of our own selves, which is awesome because let's be honest, the last thing that we need when we're feeling bad about something is to feel bad about feeling bad. <laughs> Becoming curious about what it is that we're thinking and feeling helps us to let go of self-judgment and step into a more compassionate role like that of a coach for ourselves. So some curious questions that we might ask ourselves are, why am I feeling this way? Can I understand how I got here? Do I like my reason for feeling this way? And I love this particular question because guess what? We aren't supposed to be happy all the time. So sometimes we may not feel very well emotionally, but we also really like our reason for not feeling well. For example, maybe we want to be sad or angry or frustrated right now, and that's okay. Maybe we want to feel sad about it when we're feeling left out. Maybe we want to feel and experience our grief when a relationship ends. Maybe we want to allow ourselves to experience disappointment when our kids make a choice that we wouldn't have had them make. And that's okay. We can allow space for those emotions. I was recently coaching someone who was having a pretty rough day. And as is often the case, she wanted to stop feeling that way, right? So she was essentially feeling bad about feeling bad, which was causing her to feel even worse. So I lovingly pointed out to her that her experiencing this emotion, it actually, the end result was that it brought her closer to her husband. So yes, it was an uncomfortable feeling, but the end result was amazing, right? So she'd been having this rough time and judging herself and she did have a breakdown, but that was what brought them together. So I asked her, like, what's the problem? Maybe it's okay to feel this way. Maybe feeling this way was the only way to create that connection with your husband right now. You don't have to be happy all of the time. And letting go of the idea that you should be happy all of the time, it will actually help you to feel so much better. <laughs> so I hope that these three tips have been really helpful for you. Hopefully being alone with your thoughts and your body is now preferable to electric shock. <laughs> but if not, come and work with me. I have clients coming and going on a rotating basis. So you can come on over to MarianneWalker.life and apply now. And also, if you enjoyed today, make sure that you are following me on my other platforms. I'm going to be posting videos every Friday all about emotional intelligence. So you can find me on Instagram and TikTok at MarianneWalker.life. You can also find me on Facebook at Inner Work with Marianne Walker. It has the same name as this podcast. I hope you have a great week and let's talk soon. Bye now. Love ya. Have you already experienced amazing personal growth just by listening to this podcast? If so, just imagine how much change you could create for yourself by working with me one-on-one. -on -one. I have a few slots opening up this month, so come and apply now at MarianneWalker.life.